Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there and welcome to a brand new episode of the DNF1 F1 podcast and this episode as promised for a few weeks now is our 2021 F1 predictions episode. It seems that everybody's been jumping on the 2021 bandwagon getting their predictions in and as always we are usually late to the party but we are here nonetheless. Uh, my name is Adam of course I'm one of the hosts and joining me of course my co-host Mr Courtney Pine. Courtney first of all how are you doing this evening? You okay? Yeah, hello everyone. Um, just uh, wasted 90 minutes watching um, Adam's team Arsenal play Man United. It's okay, I'll get over it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. It's a bit different and it's always good to try something new. Yeah, well, you at least you don't have to watch them week in, week out. But I digress, this is not one of those podcasts, so we're not going to get into that one. But as you may have already noticed, also joining us on this podcast, uh, a very talented young woman making her way in the F1 world. It's Manena from A Girl Talks F1. Manena, como estas? How are you this, this afternoon in Mexico, no less? Muy bien, gracias, Adam. ¿Y tú? Uh, bueno, bueno. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me here. Thank you for that little compliment. And it's such a pleasure to be here. Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you. And uh, of course, Menena, one of the first guests that we've had on this podcast, certainly won't be the last and hopefully she'll join us for plenty more episodes in the future. Um, first things first, of course, Menena, you have also done your own F1 predictions for 2021. So we will leave a link and a description to your channel, A Girl Talks F1, on YouTube. Definitely check her out. Very, very good stuff so far. And uh, I mean, I, I certainly think so. And I think if you can't take my word for it, then who can you trust? So definitely check out Menena's channel and uh, make sure to give it a like and subscribe as well. But of course, guys, um, this is the DNF1 and A Girl Talks F1 uh, 2021 predictions. So let's get into it. So Menena, I'm going to start off with you, of course, ladies first, uh, pro yeah. protocol. Um, so let's go for the drivers. Now, I, I've had a look at your list already and I saw some interesting choices. So if you could, let's have a bit of a rundown of who you had for 20th place and then going downwards. Okay, 20th, I definitely remember because of this whole controversy, but I have to be honest with you, Adam. I don't remember all of my <laughs> predictions. <laughs> If you like, I could go through some of yours if you obviously if you're. Oh, that'd be so nice. Okay, my twentieth was because I did a little research on all of them before giving out my predictions, and I chose Nikita Mazepin because he's new, and he hasn't really been very outstanding in the Formula Two. So he's never really won anything. He's probably the only driver in this season that hasn't won first place on any championship of any category. So I gave him number 20. Mm. No, I think that's a 
pretty fair response. And um, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think Nikita Mazepin, you know, despite the public controversy surrounding Nikita Mazepin at the moment, something that's not going to go away anytime soon, of course, for uh, the right reasons why it shouldn't. But uh, we're not going to talk about that too much um, for this episode. But I do agree that Nikita... I know, that could be yeah, a yeah. total different episode. It could be oh, an episode absolutely. all about absolutely. Nikita Absolutely. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the comments would be absolutely raging, but um, I don't think I'd want to be chasing that kind of clout yeah. if I like for right now. But we're definitely something to talk about. Uh, hopefully this season he keeps his nose clean and just gets on with driving. But... Yeah, definitely shouldn't forget about that. Nonetheless, of course, Mazepin in F2. Um, there were some good moments from Mazepin in F2, but there were equally some very bad moments. I think we, what we saw in Bahrain towards the end of the season, especially that incident with Yuki Tsunoda, uh, we're almost putting him in the wall, um, just showcased some of the more sporadic and dangerous moments to his driving. I think next season, I think he will have his moments. He will be quick, but he's in a huss and... I would say compared to Mick Schumacher, I don't think over the course of the season, Nikita's going to have much to offer compared to Mick. So yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Plum last. Um, Courtney, how about you on 20th? Yeah, I'll put Mazepin there as well. Um, you know, you both made some good points. He hasn't really achieved too much in junior categories. And the fact that he's sort of more well-known for his wrongdoings rather than what he does on the track says it all really. Because a, a lot of sportsmen... You know, there's been a lot of stories about different sportsmen in the past about things they do off of their professional field, shall we say, but sometimes it can get masked by what they do well in their sport. Mm. And the, the fact that Mazepin's career has been overshadowed by what he has done off track says a lot to me, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, how, how about 19th, Manelli? Do you remember that one? I think I chose Nicolas Latifi. You did, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I've got it all written down. Um, obviously, not to spoil it, guys, definitely check out Manena. It's like video. a quiz. It is a bit, yeah. It, it does. I, I feel the pressure. I'm starting to sweat a little bit here. If you want, I, I can go through your list, each one, and we'll just go through that if it's easier for you. If, if I struggle, I'll let you know. <laughs> so. But yeah, Nick, Nicholas Latifi. Um, any reason why you put him in 19th? I mean, to be honest, I don't want to sound mean because he seems like such a nice person. Uh, the reason why I put him in 19th was because Nikita Mazepin is new or else I would have put him in 20th, to be honest. So just because he has a little bit more experience, but same as Nikita, he has never won anything. So, yeah, 19th. Yeah. How about you, Courtney? Um, I put Mick Schumacher in 19th. Um, I have a lot of faith that Mick's going to do well. But when it comes to the to the Constructors' Championship, I'm expecting has to be down the bottom because I expect some improvement from Williams. So I just think that the Haas team in general are going to struggle. So that's why I put Schumacher and Mazepin 19th and 20th. Okay, for the benefit of those of you listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, Manena's reaction was absolutely brilliant there. It's almost as if Courtney had shown us something absolutely disgusting. It's like, I cannot believe you've picked <laughs> Schumacher. And, well, it's about to get worse, Manena, because I went for ninth, Schumacher in 19th as well. Um, simply put, as like, I think Huss are going to be dreadful this season. And I think yeah. Mick in particular, I think Mick's going to have a quiet season. I, I don't think it's going to be as eventful as people are hoping for. I think once it settles down that there's a Schumacher on the grid again, um, Mick's just going to have a quiet season 
better than his teammate, but I don't think the car is going to be capable of much more than that. So, um, but I mean, let's go to your list. You went for Schumacher next, Manina, an A team. So yeah. clearly, you have more faith like, in him than we do. The top, the top last four, I remember them perfectly, and well, the top last five actually. But I chose Schumacher because he's proven he has what it takes to be a champion. I mean, he's already won twice in the Formula 3, and he just came joining the Formula 1 after winning the Formula 2 championship. So he definitely has world champion potential in his blood. I think, unfortunately, Haas's car is not improving. So that's why I think he is going to do better than Latifi but not better than Russell per se. Mm. No, that's a fair point. Um, I, I mean, I kind of go the logic that, you know, you look at Schumacher, what he's achieved, of course, F3 champion, F2 champion last season. He seems to be getting better and better. Um, it usually struggles in his first year to find his feet. And I think in the car like us, it's a good platform to kind of experiment in your first season and then improve next year. Um, Russell had a difficult first season for Williams and despite his immense talent, as he's shown on many occasions, the car wasn't good enough. So sometimes it doesn't matter what car you, what, how good you are. If you don't have the car underneath you, it's not going to matter. Um, for time-wise, I think we're going to go for a few more special names in this list. So on your list, Manena, if you don't mind, um, you ha- you put down Giovinazzi 17th, I would say that's about right. I think I had him in 18th. I think Courtney, mm. you probably ran the same lines. Um, yeah, I did actually. <laughs> yeah. Our, our lists are very similar. We didn't compare notes. We just happened to come across very similar lists, man. And like, that's how like-minded Courtney and I are with this. That's why it works. <laughs> um, Latifi was next on my list, Courtney. You were the same on that one for 17. Yeah. Are you sure you haven't been copying my notes, Adam? Well, <laughs> maybe, but you only sent me your constructors. So this is completely coincidental. Um, I'm going to look, for, just looking through some interesting names. You put 16th for George Russell, Menena. Um, I'd say that's about right. I, I don't think I was any different on that. As you know, I actually, I put Russell much higher than that. So sorry about that. Did you? Yeah, I put him 15th. I put him ahead of Raikkonen. Yeah, that's where I put him. That's where I put him as well. Um, I put him ahead of Raikkonen as well, Adam. This is this is scary. Clearly, Manana, you obviously <laughs> don't have much faith in Williams this season. Well, I mean, I have a bit more faith than last year because they've got this whole bigger partnership with Mercedes. Mm. Car is, well, much better than the Williams mm. car. So that's the only reason why I did it. No, it's fair enough. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think if if I'm not wrong, that the Mercedes partnership increases in 2022. I might be wrong on that one. Um, so I think this season, you're absolutely right. I think Williams are definitely going to make no, improvements, um, especially with the new owners. I just yeah. think they're still going to struggle. Um, but there are some other interesting predictions, I think, relating to Williams that we might have later on. Um I'm going to pick a few names on this list as well. I'm not going to go through 20th down to first because we'll be here all day. Um, one interesting one that uh, I noticed on your, your list, Manana, you put Fernando Alonso in 13th. Um, okay, so I got so many comments on this one because for me, Fernando Alonso is coming back this season merely as an engineer. His purpose is not to win the world championship or to reach a high you know, position. And I also based myself a lot on my team driver standings based on how they performed their last season. And we all know that legends like Vettel, Kimi Raikkonen and Fernando Alonso 
haven't been getting those world champion results. So that's the reason why I chose them there. Also like to give more opportunity to the new drivers, to the young drivers that are proving that they have what it takes to be in the Formula One. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, Courtney, what do, you, what do you think about that? Do you think Fernando Alonso is probably right to be outside the top 10 this season? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in there as well. Um, partly because I expect Alpine to take a step back. So I expect some other teams to take a step forward. But it doesn't matter how good you are, how much you've achieved in the past. If you step out of Formula One for a couple of seasons, it's going to take you a while at least to catch up. Mm. So I just think, considering how competitive it is in that midfield, I can see Alonso struggling to pick pick up enough points, even if he improves towards the end of the season. I see him struggling to pick up enough points to really make a real impact on the championship this season. Mm. I think so too. And um, I don't think Ocon is going to have the best of seasons either. I think we've all mm. put Ocon a bit further down the list as well, outside That's the right. top 10. Um, is there a fear for Ocon this season that there's an expectation he has to improve because we only saw the best of Ocon towards the end of last season. And even then it didn't seem like he was anywhere near to what he showed before. Perhaps um, Meneno, I'll ask you first, do you feel that perhaps the looming concern over potentially Pierre Gasly going to Alpine in 2022 may affect the performances of Ocon next season? Oh my gosh. To be honest, um, I feel he's a driver that has such a nice, calm personality to him. But I really want him to succeed because of, you know, his his childhood and how, like, all his path to join the Formula One. It was I think he's the one that has struggled the most. But, I mean, he's been on and off, on and off, and he's never really proved to be that outstanding. So yeah, I think this might be the last or from the last seasons that we see Esteban Ocken in the Formula One if he doesn't step it up. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think it's, he's got a lot of talent, but I think since uh, his sabbatical in Formula One, if you like, he's kind of come in a period where he has to deliver immediately in a very difficult time and I just don't think he's going to be able to do that especially with Fernando Alonso um, arguably hogging most of the resources being the marquee number one driver in that team it just seems that that's the direction they're going to go Um, looking at some of the names in the top 10 just being mindful of time um, I'm going to pick out a few in particular but Menena I think you went with Pierre Gasly in P10 for Alpha Tauri yeah, I think he got the same position in the driver's standings this year. Mm. And to be honest, I think he has such great potential. But as Max Verstappen has said before, many of the times it's not the driver, it's a car. I feel he got so much better in Alfa Tauri when he left Red Bull because he felt a lot less pressure. But like I mentioned before, I think the car doesn't really allow him to go that far even though he proved to us that he can actually be number one in Monza when mm. he won that victory. That was pretty outstanding. Mm. It, it was, and it was my favourite moment of the season. I had Pierre in 10th place as well. I feel like the Alpha Tauri is going to be snapping at the heels in the midfield um, as often as it did last season. Um, I, I just feel that 
with McLaren's developments with the new Mercedes engine, Ferrari, of course, have got big changes to make. And of course, you and I will be definitely counting on that, uh, being a fellow Ferrari fan. I must say, it's nice to have another Ferrari fan on this podcast. I've been quite lonely in that regard, representing the Scuderia. Um, so it, it does make a nice change of pace to have you on, Manena, especially for that part. Um, yeah, I consider myself to be 100% a Ferrari girl. I don't know if it has to be with the history or how legendary it is, but for me, it's such an aspirational team. Hmm. Just like other drivers have mentioned before, it's such a dream to be in Ferrari. And I just admire that team so much. And I really do hope that they go back to the top three positions. I mean, even top one if they can, but I don't <laughs> see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be very, very surprised if Ferrari got very near the front, anywhere near the front, I suppose. But um, here's hoping. You never know. I've seen some stranger things in Formula One. Um, let's go to around ninth and eighth place. So on your list, Manana, you went for Sainz and Leclerc in ninth and eighth. So despite our optimism, you realistically don't think Ferrari are going to get out of the midfield and back into the top three again? To be honest, no. And I also filmed that video before knowing that Ferrari were doing some major improvements to their engine. Ooh. Them two actually happen to be my favorite drivers, not because they're in Ferrari. They, they just have been for a while. So, I mean, I have such great faith in them. They are incredible drivers. But then again, I have to be realistic if their car is not that good, it doesn't matter how well they drive. I mean, there you have Russell on Williams, mm. an excellent driver. And I mean, he ended up on like 16th place on this driver standings or like 17th or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe was it 18th? I have no idea, but. <laughs> <laughs> something like that, yeah. I forgot completely. Um, what about you, Courtney? Um, I mean, we talked about this last week, Ferraris, mm. what they need to do to get back into the top three. And I think you and I both agreed that incremental gains needed to be made in order to get to the front. They didn't have to make too much improvements. But um, do you feel that Ferrari are going to do better this season with Leclerc and Sainz? Or do you feel that the car and the engine com combination is still going to cause them more problems as it did last season? Well, with Ferrari, they've been the biggest problem for me when it's come to making the predictions for both the constructors and drivers because I have no idea where they're going to be. They could be anywhere from third to sixth or maybe seventh in the championship, considering, like, depending on how they get on with their development. Because I have high hopes for Aston Martin and McLaren next season. So if Mercedes, um, if, if Ferrari don't get it right, they could find themselves behind both of those teams and considering we talk about Ferrari a lot Adam I want to ask Manena a question that we raise quite a lot and that is you know you've already spoken Manena about how inspirational Ferrari are and how important they are to a lot of people do you, some, do you feel that the pressure that comes with working for a team as big as Ferrari can cause them problems and maybe it's one of the reasons why they're struggling the way they are at the moment oh my gosh definitely like I feel that no matter what area you work in life, pressure is always going to, if you don't know how to deal with it, it's going always going to make your performance lower. So they are such, as you said it, and I said it before, an aspirational team. And they're so legendary. They're the oldest team in the Formula One that of course they feel the pressure to be 
on the top again because they were for a really long time. They've been the team that has won the most races and the most championships in life. So obviously they want to get back to that place. So yes, I do feel that the pressure can definitely affect the performance. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, and very well said as well. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you know, it is a unique pressure Ferrari, probably more than any other team in any other sport. Um, and it definitely shows in their desire to win. Perhaps too much desire to win has probably been to their detriment. Um, I, I had Ferrari a little bit higher. I had Leclerc fifth and Sainz in seventh. Uh, I just feel that Ferrari are going to get on top of some of the things on their car. But I still feel that there are going to be other aspects from other teams that are going to show their performance to be a bit higher. Um, moving on to the next part of the list, we're going to go up to the to the top end. Now, you had McLaren, Norris and Ricardo in sixth and seventh, respectively, Menena. Um, obviously, you feel that McLaren are going to be very strong, but not the top team in the midfield. So I think it's going to happen the same thing that this season happened. Leclerc, I mean sorry, Sainz and Norris had an okay position in the driver's standings, but they finished third on the constructor standings. I think something similar is going to happen this year. Norris has proved to us that he is a really good driver when he really pushes. And I think that they might, might end up in like third or fourth this season. Mm. But we've all seen how long it takes Daniel Ricciardo to get used to his new car. And the first few races, he always performs poorly until he finally gets used to the car. Then he starts overtaking everybody. So I think this, to him as a driver, is going to cost him a few points. And uh, how about you, Courtney? How do you feel McLaren's dream pairing, if you like, are going to get on this season? Yeah, I'll put Ricciardo in seventh and Lando in eighth. Um, I, we've discussed this before. I, I think there were some really exciting times ahead for McLaren. And not only for F1 fans in general, because we know the shenanigans that go on this is going to create a lot of funny moments next season because they're, they're bound to get on well. They're both great characters. But as a driver pairing and the direction that McLaren seems to be going, you know, with the new investment, the change of management that they've already had that seems to have made the change of them and also having a Mercedes engine, all these things are all coming together and creating a positive snowball effect for McLaren. And I expect great things for them in the coming seasons. And I think they've got two very competent drivers that can work together the way that we already saw with um, Carlos Sainz and Norris. So, yeah, I, I expect big things for McLaren going forward for certain. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And um, McLaren, I put them in a similar position. I put Norris in eighth and Ricardo sixth. Um I expect big things from McLaren this year. I think the Mercedes engine is going to help them a lot. However, it's going to be hard for them to incorporate that into their current car with the restrictions in aerodynamic changes that they're going to be able to make to accommodate the engine. But I think they will get on top of that pretty quickly. They seem confident. They've got a very good lineup. And I think Ricardo, uh, as, as I've said many times on this podcast, I'm a huge Ricardo fan. I wanted him at Ferrari. Um, back last season before signed signed for us um, and I still maintain I think he would have been the better choice if I was making that decision but of course uh, it's going to be to McLaren's gain and I think he's very much going to enjoy working at McLaren I think Norris is going to do well this year but I think there's still a lot Norris needs to learn um, to be up there with some of the bigger guys in Formula One so I think in time 
that will come. But I feel this season it's going to be another good year for him and before he makes that next step up. Moving on to the real top part now near the podium. Um, Manana, you have a lot of faith in Aston Martin's project next season, most notably Sebastian Vettel in particular, who you put very high up on your list. You put him in fifth place. Um, so I'm guessing from that prediction, Manena, that you feel Sebastian Vettel, we're going to see the old Sebastian Vettel, yeah. um, not the one that we saw last season. Definitely. Like the Ferrari engine was not good this season. Even Jacques Leclerc that was doing impeccably on 2019 did very poorly on 2020. And I mean, Sebastian Vettel is not a four times world champion for nothing. So racing point proved to us how good the car is getting. I mean, Checo Perez's win, Lance Stroll's two-time podium, that has been pretty impressive. So I think that Sebastian Vettel can actually go back to the person he once was. Clearly not winning the championship, but yes, reaching much higher positions this season. So yeah, Courtney, that was um, a, a good point from Manana and Sebastian Vettel. I absolutely agree that this season in particular, it's going to be a tough one for him, but I'm a bit concerned. There might be a chance that we may not see the Sebastian of old straight away. I think it might take some time. Do you feel that it, there's a chance that Sebastian may not perform to the level that we're expecting in a new team like Aston Martin? Um, I have hopes that we could see the Sebastian Vettel of old because I look at some of the drivers recently that have left teams where they've struggled. You know, you have a look at particularly Pierre Gasly. He left a team, Red Bull, who clearly favoured Verstappen. They set the car to suit Verstappen. And you saw his confidence completely plummet. And the moment he left and went to a new environment, we saw him come back to the drive that he is today. And it was obvious from Sebastian Vettel's time at Ferrari the turning point for me was Monza in 2019 where Leclerc won. Mm. And it was from that point onwards, it was obvious that he was then, he was now the main man at Ferrari. The, the fans adored Leclerc, not so much Sebastian Vettel anymore. And that, it, from that point onwards, it went downhill for him. So he needed the move. And I think this is a good move for him. They're a very ambitious team. They've got high hopes for the future. They're putting things to get in the facilities all together to go for a title push in the coming seasons. And I think it's the perfect fit. They needed somebody with championship winning experience. It might take him a little bit of a little bit of time to settle in, but I think overall, I think this is going to be a great move for Seb. Hmm, absolutely. And I really hope so. Seb's one of my favourite drivers. Um, I, I thought he was a fantastic servant for Ferrari. Will rightly go down as one of the best drivers Ferrari's ever have, despite not winning a Drivers' World Championship. Cruelly, perhaps in an alternate reality, he might have been able to capitalise in 2018. We'll never know. But um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Seb making headlines in the right way. Um, I'm not going to talk about his hairline. I think a lot of people have made... I was surprised to see it, but I'm going to put that down yeah, to so. the stress, the stresses yeah. of being a Ferrari driver. And let's be yeah. honest. No, I know it's just yeah. plain rude. I mean, they mm. should be focusing on him as a driver. Who mm. cares how his appearance looks, to be Absolutely. honest? Absolutely. I mean, if, if I got so many yeah. like DMs, like, are you not going to comment on Vettel's hair? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like seriously, no. Well, let's, let's put it this way, Manena. We're not too much younger than Seb. And I'll be honest with you, if I look as good as he does with that hairline, if I, by the time I'm his age, I'll consider myself lucky. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. I'm uber conscious about my hair. I'm quite a fidgety person, as you've seen already. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that at all. So, yeah, Seb do Seb, and I hope he does well this year. I think that's the, the most we need to say on it. Um, so let's get to the top, guys. Now, Red Bull and Mercedes. Now, we are pretty much in agreement on our list on this one, so this would be fairly easy to go through. But, Menena, I'm going to come to you first. Now, the driver that made a lot of the headlines for all the right reasons last season, despite the adversity that he faced over whether or not he was going to be in Formula One last season, was Sergio Perez. And thankfully, Sergio Perez managed to secure the drive at Red Bull. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he's going to do. From a more local perspective, how excited are you and perhaps other Mexican F1, F1 fans are now that Sergio Perez is now in a race-winning car, arguably for the first time in his career, if we exclude the 2013 McLaren, which by comparison wasn't very good. How excited are you to see Perez at Red Bull? I'm ecstatic, to be honest. Like, even people that never watched the Formula One are now commenting about Sergio Perez's, you know, new position on a Red Bull team, on a top-tier team. There's There has even been people that have bet that he might win world champion I think that's a little bit too far maybe but I mean there's always a possibility he proved to us what he's capable of doing with not the best car on the grid and yet he managed to get a victory and almost two podiums besides mm. that this season but um I was really struggling between putting him on third or fourth because well the only reason why I put Bottas on third is because he has a Mercedes car, but I may want to retract my decision and put Perez on third because he's really good. And Mexicans are just going wild. Like I mentioned, so many people that were not into the Formula One are now deciding to get into it because they're excited that a Mexican has big opportunities of winning so much this season as he said we're going to be hearing the national anthem the mexican national anthem a lot next season hopefully that's what he said and i agree with him well how about i tease you with this idea then because i was thinking about the possibility of this happening and assuming that there aren't any major issues to the calendar this year owing to covid and let's hope that that's not the case what are the chances in your mind do you feel that perez in a red bull could win at Mexico in front of his home fans because Mexico is a track where Red Bull are very, very strong because of the high altitude. It mitigates the engine performance that Mercedes have enjoyed all throughout the turbo hybrid era. Could, I mean, how great would that be if you could describe for Perez to win in his home country in front of the Mexican fans who love their racing? It must be said. Well, I mean, Mexicans drink so much Red Bull despite (laughs) being on the team or not but it would be major because he's clearly never won in his home country and I remember myself crying so much and screaming all over my house when he got that victory in Zakir Mm. so imagine if he did it in Mexico City I think even men would be crying like it would be crazy. I mean, Mexicans are normally really passionate fans and really passionate audience. And it doesn't matter who wins. They scream for everybody. But now if Checo won, it would be a major revolution in Mexico, I think. 
It's an incredible podium outside the stadium section in Mexico. I mean, not as good as Monza, in my opinion, but it's definitely one of the top three in Formula One. And I can't imagine a better site for this season than perhaps seeing Sergio Perez. Um, Given, you know, this time uh, last year, we were unsure of whether or not he was going to be in Formula One. So an incredible story. Um, Courtney, a quick word on Perez from you. How, How do you think he's going to do at Red Bull? Do you think he may prove to be a bit of a thorn in Verstappen's side over dominance in the team. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. Um, Menena, last season, we're not. I'm not just saying this to you because you're a Mexican, but towards the end of last season, me and Adam were repeatedly calling for Sergio Perez to replace Albon at Red Bull. So when we say we're, we're excited for this too, it is genuine. Um when it comes to Red Bull and, and the driver pairing, it's one, of, it's one of the pairings that I'm most intrigued about next season because particularly if Red Bull are going for a championship, if Sergio Perez settles in quickly, he isn't a young driver. He isn't impressionable. He, he's been very competitive wherever he's gone. He, he, doesn't, he won't be happy to be a number two driver. I think he could ruffle some feathers if he starts well, you know. I have so many opinions on what you just said. Okay, first of all, I feel that what has been Red Bull's um, mistake has been that they always put Max Verstappen in favor. That was a case of Daniel Ricciardo. He had been for a decade on Red Bull and they still chose Max Verstappen over him. So Mm -hmm. that's what made him want to leave the team. And then we have Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon, which were basically rookies in the Formula One. So not only do they suffer from the pressure of being on the Formula One, but Mm. also from the pressure of not having enough team support. This also made them leave the team. What I think about Chico, though, is that him and Max have a very similar way of driving. They're both super aggressive. And Chico is hungry, you know? He is going to make the most of his position on Red Bull. So I do think that just because of how much he wants to be in the Formula One, he might have a very good competition toward Max Verstappen. I just hope that the same thing that happened with him and Esteban Aachen doesn't happen again. They didn't have a good relationship and they would always bump against each other. They were their biggest competition instead of the other drivers. So I think he's got a strong mindset. He's not going to let the pressure of being second driver get to him because he knows he's going to be the second driver. Exactly. But let's just hope that he doesn't get into trouble either. Mm. No, I think that's really well put. And I think it's important to acknowledge that Perez last season drove for half the season, not knowing where his future was going to lie, even though he may sound convinced he was always going to be at Red Bull, if not this season in 2022. So, you know, driving under that level of pressure is not easy for anyone. And I think Sergio in the past has often shown perhaps to lose his cool a little bit, particularly when he was competing with Ocon. I think think you're right. I think next season against Max, we are going to see those two perhaps go toe-to-toe in some occasions. And despite the potential to, for it to be a fiery relationship, I do feel Sergio is going to be a lot more calm and collected. Um, and it, we won't see as many incidents as perhaps some are expecting. But then we said the same with Ricardo and Verstappen and look how that ended up. So mm-hmm. who knows? But I'm certainly looking lot, forward to it. Sorry, Adam. Hmm. 
a lot changes when a championship is at stake. If for whatever yeah, yeah. reason, hypothetically speaking, if there's a championship at stake, both of these drivers are going to be so keen to go for this. Mm. If Red Bull go for this championship, I do expect fireworks. Yeah, and, and I think Red Bull will have to do something because there's that threat that it will open the door for one of two Mercedes drivers to take that title, though we probably all agree which one it's most likely to be. Um, but speaking of Mercedes, um, we're not going to say too much on Valtteri Bottas. So Courtney, you and I know Valtteri Bottas. We've spoken about Valtteri Bottas a lot on this podcast. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go to Menena on this one. We've all put Bottas as third in this list. Do you think, Menena, that this is Bottas's last chance to show to Mercedes that he deserves to be at the team long-term? Or do you feel that it's only a matter of time before George Russell gets that permanent call-up? I mean, I feel that it's the same thing with Nicolas Latifi and Mazepin with me. I don't have much to say about Bottas. He is a Mercedes. He's a good driver, clearly. But he's in Mercedes because he's lucky, too. And he has the same situation as Red Bull team. And Mercedes, everybody is going to go below Lewis Hamilton, clearly. So he wants to win so badly. And he's a very competitive, even though he has a very calm nature, he is uber competitive. And this is something you can see in the Drive to Survive series, how badly he wants to beat Lewis. The problem is that he doesn't get enough support and Lewis always gets the better car. So the times that he has actually beat him have been remarkable because there have been a few but then again I don't know if it would be the last we would be seeing of him but there's not really anything he can do to become better he's already giving the best he can but his team doesn't support him enough I feel that's pretty much it no it's an interesting opinion um I mean, I do agree uh, with a a lot of things that you said. Um, I I feel perhaps, unfortunately for Valtteri, I don't feel Valtteri's done too much wrong in terms of his performances. Unfortunately for Valtteri, the first driver you're going to be compared to is your teammate. And unfortunately for him, it's Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it's the same thing that Michael Schumacher's teammates always faced. Although in in a way, there was always expectation that as long as that guy played second fiddle to Schumacher, that was fine. It worked for Eddie Irvine. Rubens Barrichello did a fantastic job. Felipe Massa as well. Um, and then, you know, that's that's just how it transpired. So in Bottas's case, Courtney, you agree with me. We've said this loads of times that Bottas is a very good driver. And I feel like if he was at a different team, people would realise his quality a lot more than they do. It's just at Mercedes, there's that urge to get the next guy in for Mercedes' future in George Russell. And I, we both feel that that's going to happen sooner rather than later especially after what happened in Sakia I think people their eyes were open maybe Mercedes eyes were opened on Bottas and realized actually George is the real deal we need to consider putting him in but um let's move to the final two now um Menena I did warn you when you come on this I was going to push you because on your video not to give away too much um you seemed a little undecided over who was going to be the outright winner so I'm still going to, I'm going to push you for an answer. If you had to pick one of either Verstappen or Hamilton, which one of the two do you think is going, is more likely to be number one in 2021? I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier. Lewis Hamilton is so predictable. <laughs> like, you always know he's going to win, but I want to see somebody new. And even though I'm sorry for saying this, I am not the biggest Max fan. I know 
how good of a driver he is. Probably he is a top one driver of the whole Formula One because Lewis Hamilton has the best car. But Max has just so much skills and so much drive. I think he is pretty much, like I mentioned, the best driver in the Formula One. And he has so much potential for winning. But if the Mercedes car just got 20 power horses extra than previous year, I don't see anybody other than Lewis Hamilton winning again. But I'm still going to risk it and stick with Max Verstappen. That's fair enough. Um, Courtney, um, how about you on this one? Max or Lewis? Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with Lewis. You know, I think <laughs> the way Mercedes are going, I, I just can't see them losing that lead. And I know we saw Red Bull catching up towards the end of the season, but I think that was more of a case of Mercedes already looking forward to this season. I think the only thing, when it, if, if Red Bull and Mercedes are close, I think the only thing that could possibly come into this is motivation. You know, Max Verstappen is yet to win a world cha- a world championship. Lewis has won seven. He, he's broken pretty much every record in the sport. You know, we're seeing the, these contracts and negotiations drag on. You know, there's no denying how much commitment Lewis has put into the sport during his time in Formula One. But could we be getting to the stage in Lewis's career where he just starts to tail off his the level of commitment he puts into the sport and starts looking to looking into other projects. So hmm. if that situation does come into play, then this could make this championship a lot more interesting if Red Bull close to Mercedes. Could well be. Absolutely. And um it is so hard to choose between the two of them. I mean Manena, as you've pointed out already, there's a perception that if Max was in the right car or the same car as Lewis that he, there he has the potential probably more than anybody else to beat Lewis um it, it's an interesting dynamic because it's hard to tell in Formula One these days there's such a parity between one car to another it's not the same as when Schumacher was on top and then Alonso in 2006 took the throne and took the mantle from him and then ran away with it in the way that he did. It's so hard to get that. Similar. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, similar thing. But it's so hard to tell these days if that can still happen. Um, I'm going to be... One thing to say, though. Sure. I think that even though Lewis Hamilton is going to win, duh, no question about that, Red Bull could win the first place on Constructors Champions. The same thing that happened Mm. with McLaren this season. Yeah. Their drivers were nowhere near the first three places, yet they still managed to win third place as a constructor standing. I think that could happen with Red Bull. Mm. Because, yeah, yeah, we've seen how many times Valtteri has had to retire from the races, you know? And now that Checo and Max have so much, like, you know, fire in them, I think that maybe not Max will win, but maybe Red Bull could win the first place. It's going to be very tight. I think the new regulations, we should point out, are going to play a factor in this. I think Mm. Mercedes could stand to lose a lot of downfalls, particularly in the floor changes. Of course, the diffuser changes. There's going to be no DAS next season. Um, You know, James Allison did a great video in the week. I don't know if you you both saw it, but uh, it's just explaining how some of these changes might seem subtle. 
But to a team like Mercedes, this could have a huge impact. And they're going to have less time to develop the car because, of course, being the top team, the new rules now that state that they will have less time to develop their car and it goes downwards where the, the lower you are last season, the more time you have to develop. So Ferrari might have a lot more time to develop so they might improve their car enough. Who knows? Because they come sixth last year. But um, I'm actually going to go max to win the championship this year. Ooh. I did it last year and I had egg on my face. And at the time... Max was by a tenth or two off in testing on uh, harder compound tyres. So I kind of went on that. Um, and Courtney will tell you the notes that I took for testing was ridiculous. I wrote a book on yeah, it. Yeah, they were. <laughs> there really was something else. Not fitting for a podcast, certainly not. Or at least anyone that didn't have any insomnia issues. It might be imperfect if you can sleep. But um, <laughs> no, I think with that in mind, um, with the regulations, I think it might be a bit of an equaliser for Red Bull. And I think given that they've had issues developing their car at the start of the season, because of the carryover, it might work in their favour. So I'm going to be bold. I'm going to stick with Max. I think he can do it this year. Um, it could be Red Bull's best chance. Who knows before 2022? So we'll have to wait and see. Um, so those are all our predictions, uh, guys. Um, we may have to do another separate video on this one, Courtney, just to go through our whole list because I'm th- I'm looking at time and uh, I really realise we don't want to take too much time out of everyone's afternoons. What I'm going to do now, guys, because we've gone through our order for the championship in terms of drivers, I'm going to give you some quick fire predictions um don't have to worry about giving reasons for them i'm just going to give you some predictions and call out a name if you like so uh i'm going to start with you on this one do you think there's going to be a first time race winner or a driver's going to win their first ever race in f1 this season and if so who do you think that will be oh in the ferrari wow I'm loving your optimism. Um, <laughs> as I said, I, I was, I'm tempted to ask why, um, but I, I think, you know, because of time, I'll, I'll go to Courtney on the next one. Courtney, same question to you. First time winner. And if so, who do you think it will be? I'm going to throw some bias in as well. And I'm going to go with Lando Norris. I am going to go with Lando Norris. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm going to go with Lando as well, um, simply because I think the McLaren Mercedes thing, and I think McLaren are going to win a race. Um, I was going to say, do you think do you think Menena McLaren can win a race this season? Oh, definitely. Who do you think will do it though, out of the two, Ricardo or Norris? I mean, both. Oh, both. Is that a, is that a good answer? That's great answer. I mean, I, I would say both because I think Ricardo will win a race for McLaren this year, and I think if Norris is going to do it, then Ricardo will too. So, um, absolutely. Um, the fiercest team rivalry for this season, which team do you think is going to have the most difficult team rivalry? Red Bull. Red Bull. Okay. Courtney? You know, I was, seeing it, I was going to say Red Bull, but I'm going to go in another direction. I'm going to go Ferrari. I think Ferrari too. I, I just think that science is not going to go there to make up the numbers. And I just feel mm. that Leclerc is not going to want to give away that supremacy, despite the respect between them. Uh, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, most improved driver for 2021, Manena. Who do you think is going to be the most improved driver this season? Well, Chico was for 2020. So for 2021, Vettel? Vettel. No, that's fair. You know, compared to last season, I think that's a good shout. Um, Courtney? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Vettel as well. I buy oats for him this season. I'm going to be a bit bold and I'm going to say Esteban Ocon. But I don't think it's going to be enough to save his seat for 2022. I think that's got Gasly's name written on it. And they're not going to get rid of Alonso because Alpine want to improve their brand 
as a manufacturer, not just in F1, but outside. This is kind of the motivation and it's not going to work if Alonso is not there. So I think Ocon will do well, but I don't think he's going to stay there next season. Um, who do you think is going to be the underperformer of the year? Um, Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> Complete contrast. Fair enough. Um, Courtney? Yeah, no, I, I think I've got to agree with that. I, I, I think Ocon could struggle. I'm going to go Alonso. Um, yeah, I think it's bold. But as I've said, we both agree. We all agree that Alpine, I think, are going to struggle compared to the others. And Alonso, despite his anticipated return, I don't think... I think he would have preferred to be in a better car. But I think this is the only option that he's got, really, if he's going to race in Formula One again. Um, driver of the year. It doesn't necessarily have to be the champion. It can be the driver you think will perform the best for the car that they have. Um, Menena, I'll come to you first for that one. Mm, Max or Chico or Russell. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, Courtney, how about you? Well, my answer was taken, Max. Um, if it isn't Max, I don't know. I'm looking, I'm looking through some of these drivers. I mean... <sighs> This could be a big season for Russell, you know. I think if it isn't going to be Max, I'm going to go with Russell. I'm going to go with Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's going to do very well this season at McLaren. I think it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. Um, On the subject of Williams, um, do you think that George Russell will score a point this season in the Williams? Because, of course, he scored a point at Mercedes... Um, and he was very unfortunate not to do so in Williams last season. Um, Manana, do you think George will get a point in Williams this year? No. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I was, I'm, I'm not surprised, to be honest, to hear that. Um, I, I thought you might think, yeah, maybe, but no, definitely not. Fair enough. Um, Courtney? It depends on the improvements that Williams make with the new investment, you know, because sometimes these things take times to materialise. If they get everything right and they take a step forward and you have a crazy race, but he needs to get it right because he made that mistake, didn't he, in Imola. Mm. He had a chance in Imola and he threw it into the wall during the safety car. Mm. If, too, if, this yeah. opp- if, this, if the opportunity comes again, he has to take it. Fair enough. No, I think I think he can. And I think after his experience last season, I think he will be a better driver. And now that there's no pressure after we got the points in the Mercedes of that unwanted record of most races without any points, I think he may get one next time he gets a big opportunity. But we'll see. It depends on how Williams do. Um, any other sort of predictions I can think of? Uh, there was one I really had that was quite a good one. I can't remember it. But uh, I'm going to say, do you think that Aston Martin will win a race? this season yes should i ask who or do i feel like i'm already know who that's going to be do you think stroll could win a race this year Uh, well i mean he did lead during a few laps in sakir and he did lead during a lot of races this season but um he always finished in third so Mm. maybe not (laughs) well he was on pole in turkey wasn't he and he uh did very well in the early stages of that race despite the treacherous conditions and it was only until he had a mix-up in the pit lane where it kind of rattled his race I, I mean Lance has always been a character who a lot of people have had digs at because of his wealth and his dad's wealth and everything else rather than his ability on merit when he's out in front or when he's driving well he's very good 
But unfortunately, the latter end of the season, we saw that fall away. So I think he could, but I agree with you. If Aston Martin are going to do it, it's probably going to be Vettel. Um, Courtney, what do you think? Do you think Stroll can win a race this year? I can't see Aston Martin winning a race based on the assumption that we could see the McLarens winning a race and particularly Ferrari up there because I can't see if Mercedes and potentially Red Bull dominate the way that we expect them to, I can't see there being that many races where other teams could get a chance. Mm. So if we're going on the assumption that McLaren are going to win as well, I think it might be a little bit too much for Aston Martin. Yeah. And I suppose probably, I mean, Ferrari, I think they could, but I just think it might be a bit too much for them. I think Ferrari might do a Ferrari and mess it up somehow. Um, what about you, Manana? Do you feel Ferrari might win a race this year? Yeah, I think both Shaq and Carlos can win a race, each one. Um, I do have high hopes for him, for both of them, actually, and really high expectations, especially since the new changes they're making on their car. And apparently the testing has been going pretty smoothly. So mm. I do think that both of them can win a race this season. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Obviously referring to the test at Fiorano, Carlos was pretty happy with that. And it's a lot of good positive signs. So hopefully, you know, he's taking it very, very seriously. So hopefully that goes well. Um, before we wrap this up, uh, have either of you got any random predictions that you might want to throw in there for this season? Anything unpopular to trigger the comment section, maybe? I think I already said that I think Red Bull is going to win constructors this season. So fair enough. Controversial prediction. <laughs> <laughs> on, this, on this channel, Manena, um, not being a Lewis Hamilton fan is a controversial opinion. But then saying that, we've had people that aren't Lewis Hamilton fans in the comment section. Oh, so we. Palm parcel. The, um, the comments, when the comments, when it comes to Lewis Hamilton, either way. Mm. Oh, whenever he, whenever he's mentioned, the comment section just blows up. That's why we mention him in the every episode, just to get the views. I don't know. Um, <laughs> being a British pace podcast, you've got to talk about Lewis Hamilton at some point. Um, Courtney, have you got any any random predictions or any that our followers might have chipped into you on Instagram? Um, I'm going to stick with the McLaren thing. I know I've mentioned it a couple of times already, but I think they could be the dark horses this season. Mm. Could well be, could well be. I, I think they could do something that's pretty special. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I'd say there's probably a pretty good opportunity to wrap it up. Um, just like to say thank you very much, Menena. Muchas gracias. Um, I'm not going to butcher the Spanish language. Uh, I barely thank remember. Thank you guys so much for having me. But yeah, it's, oh, been, it's been lovely. It's been lovely having you on. You've done a great job for us. Thank you. But it's been a pleasure thank to you have you on, of course. And uh, we'll definitely have to have you on in uh, episodes in the future it's been really That's really great. really fun um of course guys as i mentioned already definitely check out Menena's channel and of course i will leave a link and description below to her video where she gives her 21 21 predictions and plenty of other great content as well so definitely check her out and of course follow her on instagram as well putting great she does a lot more than we do on social media there must be said so uh <laughs> definitely got to learn a few tips from her on how to maximize our output on that one but uh of course guys as always make sure to if you like the video give us a like also subscribe to the channel as well and uh, as always stay safe and we will see you in the next dnf1 f1 podcast take care Wear a mask.
Sports Social Podcast Network.